Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Two Pants. I'm Leah. And I'm Vivian. And this week we're going to do a bonus episode, Netflix and Chill, with our very amazing friend. Introduce yourself. Hello, I am <laughs> Daisy. <laughs> a, a, a Spanish visitor. <laughs> And you probably heard us reference him before, but we just figured this would be a good time to just um, get together and discuss some of the amazing shows that we've been watching recently. Yes. Stay tuned. So what have you guys been watching this episode? this season i think one thing that we have all seen and that we have all loved is hollywood yes that is the latest best series i've ever seen hollywood is this new series on netflix produced and created i think co-created by ryan murphy and ian brennan yes and it basically details the lengths people went to to become hollywood stars I think JC, when we when we spoke about it, like privately, you were quite surprised at how many gay people there was on the show, and everyone that has spoken about this show is like, oh my god, it's really bizarre how like there's so much, so many gay characters, so many people who were out in the closet or not out. But yeah, the show was really funny to watch. Yeah, I was surprised because I didn't expect that series to be like as LGBT friendly as it was. And, like, there are, like, mm, LGBT series, and I just didn't know that was going to be one of them. I had to educate JC and remind him that Ryan Murphy, the co-creator, is a gay man. And I feel like that now that he has this much power in Hollywood, he's like, you know what, guys? <laughs> You're going to see all the gays in all of the shows. Because he, he came out with Pose. That was one oh, of no. his shows. Oh. And he was like, you're going to see all of the trans people. You're going to see the trans people of colour and you're going to recognise them. And I said, you're going to see all of the gay people. All of the gay people that are pretending to be straight on other programmes, we're going to bring them into the show and you're going to see all of the gays. And they're going yeah. to enjoy it. That's what Ryan Murphy said. Yeah, Ryan Murphy said enough, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, I prefer Pose, in my opinion. But obviously, Hollywood is very good series and yeah I, it it has taught me many things about how the hollywood industry worked at the time and the how lgbt people were closeted mm. that in those days if anything jim parsons character is evil but it just shows how many corrupt horrible individuals they are running rampant in hollywood and that's what it was like back then so i can only imagine how many like you can totally understand the culture that led to the harvey weinsteins the kind of idea that you would have to perform sexual favors in order to get ahead in your yeah. career and you can definitely see how elements of that has are still present yeah. today which was very very grim to see yeah i think one thing about hollywood is so brazen and it's so raw like like they they tried to make it hip by adding pop music but <laughs> the storylines are very hard hitting like seeing somebody trying to chase their dream and feeling as if they had to sleep with the producer or go to these sex parties it was just quite raw to experience um it gave me an education as well as to how hollywood became what it is today and the opportunity that different people were given based on the different actions that they were willing to take. I mean, I'm a liar because I haven't finished watching it. So you two are giving me the side <laughs> eye right now. Oh, oh my okay. God, we can't do a spoiler then. It's a, a disgrace. She's a disgrace. Um, we just have to say that. Her, yeah, I'm a liar. You know, um, I'm not the Netflix queen I came to be. Okay, yes, yes, crucify me. I'm surprised, babe. JC and I made it to the end of the series and we loved it and we we laughed and we cried. Like, there's a couple moments that are key that just gripped me and I just shed Yes, despite other series, I loved the ending of Hollywood. Like, unexpectedly, I really loved it. Like, it's been a long time since I don't watch a very good ending of a series that I really like and mm. I really loved mm, the ending. That was another point I wanted to make. I think Hollywood, like if I was to summarise it, it's basically a fantasy 
Hollywood if they had gone in a slightly different direction 80 years ago. And I think that it's an allegory of representation because that's really what it is. The gay people want to be represented. The black people want to be represented, like want to be represented on screen. There's an Asian character in there who has been passed over for an Oscar and she just wants her chance to shine. So it's basically about everyone going into Hollywood to to get their chance to shine and how important it is for people for young people to look up on the screen and to see themselves reflected back yeah jc what why would you say that the ending is sort of like perfect for you and something that you maybe haven't seen in a long time what makes the ending but that would be a massive spoiler to you (laughs) no you don't have to but like what elements is it that it brings all the story together is it that you like how each character's have ended like i don't know if there is there going to be a season two of hollywood yes so i loved it because of like how characters changed through the series the drama of the series as well changed to a point that i really liked i don't know how to say it more deeply without making a spoiler Yeah, it is really hard. Um, Leah probably oh knows um, what I'm talking about, but I don't want to say anything. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, it's hard without spoiling the ending. Where did you get up to this? I got up to episode three. Oh, God. Okay, so we can't really talk about much of it. Yeah. Um, episode three of season um, one. Mm. There's just one yeah. season anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that's less than half of it. <laughs> Okay, because um, we can't talk about how the characters transformed because it will talk about how they ended. Yeah, I only got up to episode three. Oh, wh- Are we able to just spoil the shows and like have you take a pause? <laughs> yes, go for it. Go for it. And like, have you step away for a moment so that we can discuss it? Go for it. Discuss it. I don't really mind. I'll still watch it anyway. So go for it. Okay, as we said before, some of the characters really, really changed, and this version of Hollywood is a is not ideal because it's still horrible and there's still like the KKK coming to set crosses on fire on people's lawns, but they were able to progress much more quickly than what actually happened in real life. The fact that the writer was able to go to the premiere with his boyfriend and was able to go to Avis and say, do you know what? I really love the opportunity that you gave me. I'm going to go a step further. And not only did we have a film which had a black woman as a lead, I am going to go to the premiere with my boyfriend. And even if it wrecks both of our careers, I'm going yeah. to just basically to, to be do that with who him. I am. Come hell, come high water, come whatever. And there was also the thing that made me cry the most. That was one of the moments because they immediately got booze the moment that they did that. When he gave his speech, he was thanking his boyfriend and that immediately got booze. But the, did you see the moment when Anna Mae Wong won her Oscar? And those little Absolutely. Chinese kids were crying with their families. And when that, oh my gosh, and when the Best Actress Oscar nomination was won and, and all of like, they had like black people and again yes. with their families looking at the screen crying and like the, the Chinese family were cheering them on. And it really, that was what I meant about it being an allegory mm. of that representation because it, the series ended with families looking at people that look like them win. It was so emotional. Like they literally made the right decision by showing how people actually react when they see black people or LGBT people winning awards. It's just a massive change. Like how people feel represented. That is a big thing. Even though there are still other things that people talk about in the LGBT sector at least which is, for example, if there is still some restrictions when it comes to show gay sex on series and movies, Mm. even though people assume that there is sex, but I don't know, sometimes there has been criticism of certain parts where they don't show gay sex as much as they show heterosexual sexual relationships not in terms of timing it's in terms of what they show as in they show them kissing and then they go under the covers yeah this is not a hollywood thing because i i again i was very surprised of the gay content in the series it was hot it was hot 
was very spicy to see. It was just <laughs> gay everywhere. And I remember I saw a tweet on on Twitter and someone's like, now net, all Netflix wants to put out is gay content. And then Netflix was like, you need to question yourself as to why you don't think that that's normal. And it's that, it's the fact that we're so used to heterosexual stories, heteronormative narrative, like that's all we're used to. And we're used to gay characters being the supporting characters, the, the best, best friend. friend, just like the same thing with a black person or an Asian person. We're used to them being supporters, like supporting the main character to do whatever they need to do. And it's like, no, they can say they can take sen- uh, center stage too. They can be main characters in their own story. And I feel like although there was a lot of gay narrative, it still didn't take away from the fact that this show was ultimately about diversity and the importance of having diversity in the media industry, which is so important to how we've all grown up like we've we've all been affected one way or another by shows movies television adverts that we consume so yeah i think it was really refreshing to see it from that aspect but yeah no ryan murphy's known to just say this is up i'm just gonna do what i want to do and i'm gonna represent all the different minority groups yeah and if you look at it he's he's basically doing it more and more the more power he has he has a deal at the moment, a $300 million deal with Netflix wow. to produce content for them. And if you look all the way back from Glee, he was making strides. If you look at how Kurt was at the beginning to how he yeah. is at the end, you can tell that he was a, because he w- was well received by the audience. He was able to give him more and more of a center stage. I mean, if you look at his other shows, to be able to go from Glee to American Horror Story to doing Pose to doing Hollywood. And I'm just like, yes, keep going, Ryan. I want to see what yeah. he does next. And I saw this excellent tweet where someone um, basically tweeted, um, oh, um, on Netflix, they're always trying to insert like unnecessary gay characters. And this person was like, imagine what they feel like when they find out that people are unnecessarily gay in real life. Like it just, it just is, there's no yeah. reason for it. They just I think we're talking about the same tweet <laughs> because that's the one I think Netflix re- responds to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Hollywood was a refreshing little show it was nice to see something different on netflix and then what else have we put so i started i actually finished never have i ever so you guys can hold down your you know shame shame closets okay you can you can just close (laughs) it right now yeah i start i finished never have i ever it's a very interesting show it's it's a show that you know how it's going to end but it's like that coming of age story of an Indian girl. Again, representation, Mindy Carling doing what she wants to do, you know, representing her people. And I'm so here for it. I'm so here for having white people as the supporting characters. No offense, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it was just refreshing <laughs> to see them as not the main topic of the story. And yeah, it was nice. She explored, you know, homosexuality as well coming out to your parents and it all of these shows i think just show like an ideal world like a utopia where parents are accepting but also the struggles of being a teenager which we all face what did you think of it absolutely and bullying is also present in these kind of stories and even deeper with lgbt i would say and obviously bullying is like for everybody it doesn't make any change to LGBT people or others, I think. But I don't know. Give me your point of view, Leah. I really, really enjoyed Never Have I Ever. And I also thought, I it's something that I, didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to until I saw an article about it. And how so much of the narrative of Never Have I Ever is built on grief. Mm. And how this young girl is coping with the death of her father. And how yeah. it immediately was very, very emotional for her. And she lost the ability to use her legs for three months. And then once she was able to cope a bit more, like, because she's still so wrapped up in her grief. And and, and then trying to throw herself into liking a boy. Trying to throw herself into Paxton Hall Yoshida, who is a hottie. Um, into focusing on him. She isn't necessarily having to focus on how sad she feels about her dad. Mm. And the fact that no matter how much she tries to avoid it, he keeps coming up as a ghost just popping up everywhere. I thought that was that was such an interesting take on it. But also the fact that it really, really showed that like new immigrant Americana. Like, you know, when you've just moved to a country and it had the dad who obviously had traveled in from India and he just loved all things American. Like he was listening to the Beach Boys. He loved the fact that he was in Southern California. He loved the fact that he was in like being able to go to the beach. 
they really, really enjoyed the immigrant experience. Like they really, really, really enjoyed the culture change, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it wasn't a culture shock. Oh, how do we cope? It was like, oh, we're having so much fun in this new fun place together. It, it helps me learn no more about these migrant families going to adapting into a Western culture like the United States. And it just allows me to learn so much from it. And and also learn about their own culture, like how they have brought their culture to the United States, making it more diverse country and a more diverse society. And like Viv said, I'm very happy to see a non-stereotypical white person just show their own lives, you know, a different style of series. Yeah. Like, because that's what we're used to. We're used to, like, seeing those stories all the time. And sorry, I cut you off, Leah. (laughs) What were you going to say? I just was going to say the Ganesh Puja was a great thing to see on the TV. Like, to have all of it basically just matter-of-factly showed this big Hindu celebration and was like, this is part of our culture. And the fact that she ran into this Asian boy who said that being a self-hating Indian is an identity in and of itself. And that it was when he met other people of color who were embracing their experience. I think specifically he met like native Indian people and how they were celebrating their culture that helps him celebrate his own. And I think that's something that immigrant people across the board can can relate to of, of being somewhat embarrassed yeah i was like whoa you don't need to drag me like can we mm. just chill over here boy like okay i'm gonna go to more hall parties because okay 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 yeah no that's real that's real even like growing up and stuff i used to cry when my parents would give me the traditional ankara to wear I'd be like oh my god that is so disgusting I don't want to wear that I want to wear my jeans I used to literally cry because my family have this thing where we do a photo shoot every year I don't know if your family does that but (laughs) and we all have to wear the same thing and like I used to cry all the time but now growing up and seeing how well it's been accepted into society and like people have different types of Ankara you have bonnets you have tops you have trousers you have you can make them into dresses it hasn't increased my love of them because I'm traumatized from how I was when I was younger but yeah it's nice to see someone say actually you just need to accept yourself for who you are not based on what society has told you you have to be even though you've moved to a different place do you know what I mean I I feel that like I had that especially to do with like music like I would be so embarrassed when my parents would be driving along listening to the traditional music like even to this day if I come in and they have like their cd or like their own music playing I was i instinctively want to switch to the radio and like how I'd be so embarrassed if other people were to hear it but then obviously now Afrobeats is having a moment and it's like oh okay now I don't know all of these things because I spent so much time avoiding it being embarrassed and now I'm like okay Wizkid how what okay let me learn how can you not know Wizkid but that that's a that's a that's a whole nother conversation we about to have (laughs) I think it's also because I'm East African and like he's not spread out here as much or like spread within our communities maybe as much do you know diamond i know diamond diamonds from tanzania yeah okay cool (laughs) (laughs) my mom sent me a link (laughs) okay cool but that was also a really cool aspect of never have i ever that i really appreciated because people have actually been coming for mindy because a a trope of, of of mindy's um projects is that her character always falls in love with a white boy and yes that happens again in never have i ever yeah but but her character is much more appreciative of her culture than than say for instance in the mindy project or yeah. another I, I didn't even really see that i just see it as young adults not, not even adults just like young teenage love i i let me think my first crush was he white or black i think he was white I think I think my first crush was white as well. So I, <laughs> yeah, I think he was white. I can't yeah. believe that. Really? You wouldn't think so now. I'm so discriminatory. Yeah, my first crush was white. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't go as far as to kiss him like she did. But yeah. But like you said, it, it's a story based on grief. And I think that was a, that was quite an important part of the story as well I just kept thinking like wow she's so young how is she going to deal with the death of her father and she just tried to deal with it by wanting to become popular and 
get a boyfriend and yeah. go to Princeton and blend in, blend in, blend in. Because I guess that was one aspect of her life she could control and everything else was just out of her control. And I also appreciated the fact that she had to learn to be a good friend. Yeah. Like that did not come naturally to her. There was, a, she was so focused on her grief and in like about herself, the fact that she just bounced on her, on her friend who was going through a terrible situation with her mother, who she thought was in Hawaii on a cruise and was actually back in the city. Like, this is like traumatic stuff for her friend. And she was like, oh yeah, Paxton texted me. So I'm going to go to his house instead for an emergency that turned out to be a photo shoot. Yes, it took her time to become a better friend. Definitely. Yeah. And I also, I think that I was mm, saying lately, like I've been realizing the past years is the massive difference in generations these days. Mm. Now the difference in generations is higher than than previous, like in the past years, like in 20th century. Higher in what way? You can see how different is the young lady, the young teenager and her mom, that they are massively different. Like, see, the young lady obviously has adapted more is more into the American culture and less into the traditional Indian culture. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. And, like, how different uh, generations are, especially if they are, if they come from a different culture. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I see what you mean. It's sort of like you have that generational differences. So you have the mom who is, like, ultra-Indian, um, traditional in stuck in her ways not not hasn't really acclimatized to the western way of living and then you have her auntie Kamala or her cousin I think she was who is kind of in the middle of being western but also still having traditional values because she grew up in India but she she has this ambition to want to be independent not want to get married she doesn't want to get married through an arranged marriage like she's an independent woman and then obviously at the back end of that you have Devi, who is the complete American girl, but obviously with still Indian roots. So yeah, no, I think you're right. There is that intergenerational differences between them, which is why their family was such a great dynamic to see how Kamala is dealing with the fact that she wants to be a great you know, girl and listen to her family and stuff, but also she wants to wrestle herself and be this Western woman. And then you have, you know, yeah, the differences were very clear. Though she didn't, Kamala didn't wrestle too hard when she saw Prashant. I mean, I wouldn't either. Did you see Prashant? I was like, I'll marry him. If you don't want to marry him, I'll marry him. <laughs> I'll, I'll marry him. him. I'll marry him. Prashant can he get it any day. Can get. And the Bruh, dad, she went upstairs and, and said bye. She said bye to her Chinese boyfriend. boyfriend. She was like, bye. She's, bye because, get the boast of both worlds he's hot he's interesting and she doesn't have to show him her family can you believe it's a win-win no win. no no that that storyline was yeah. almost too perfect because it doesn't it doesn't ever really happen that way <laughs> <laughs> i need an arranged marriage like that only to people Bruh. of prashant's level yes mommy if you're gonna set an arranged marriage for me please go to never have i ever to see the level that i'm looking for okay <laughs> yes, thank you, Mimi. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like the when you're talking about the generational differences between the mum and the daughter, between the mum and Devi, I also feel like the wars that they have is universal across cultures. The war between Absolutely. the mother and her daughter. Can you like when her mum said, This is not my child anymore, she said to the husband, This is your child. You deal with it. There's always that thing of like when the children is naughty, they're your child. But just, I can completely understand the mother's frustration of being like, I do not know what to do with this child. Like, I have no clue mm. how to help her. The, the mom said that the mom wanted to go back to India at one point because she said, Devi, I cannot raise you. I cannot raise you by myself because Devi was closer to her dad, who was also hot and used to be in humans and in the flash. <laughs> Is that Kumayo? <laughs> no, I'm going to look up now who he is. Never have I ever hot dad. <laughs> Yeah, he's fine. Do you know what I really liked as well? The fact that there was a storyline for the mum. I think yeah. as children of immigrants, we maybe don't understand the level of like hard work and 
wrestle our parents go through with themselves. Like, I can't imagine times when I was naughty because I was very naughty growing up. My mom must have been thinking, who is this child? Like, how can I raise her? At the same time, I have to think about moving to a completely new country. At the same time, I have to think about living in this household. I have to think about her, her well-being. Like, it must have been really, really, really hard. Definitely. Um, the hot dad's name is Sandil Ramamurthy. Just FYI. Um, but I completely understand. Like, it must be so, like, I sometimes sit there and think it must be so weird for my mum to obviously have her Kenyan accent. My dad has his Kenyan accent. And to listen to these random British children just yipping and yapping in the back of the car. Yeah. <laughs> You know, my mom would say, speak the language I understand because I don't know what you're saying right now. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, no, it it was relatable. Despite it being an immigrant story of an Indian, I think the immigrant side of it is something that a lot of people who are from immigrant backgrounds can absolutely relate to in, Mm -hmm. in all forms as well. Yeah. I also like the fact that despite the fact that it was like a typical American nerd wanting to be cool in their time in high school, they were able to have fun with it and explore other things. Like it wasn't boring. Even though that story has been done over and over again, they were able to make it their own. Like that wasn't the focus of the story. That was the structure in the background that held it together. Yeah, I'd even forgot that Debbie was a nerd. It wasn't about that. Do you know what? It's a storyline for nerds. Like, Nerds are are people. I consider myself a nerd, but I'm not your typical wear glasses with braces nerd. I'm just somebody that likes to read and loves academia. It doesn't mean I don't have a love life or a personal life or my own struggles. And I think that was shown as well. Do you know, I'm actually really, really enjoying the fact that in these past few programs you talk about, Hollywood and um, Never Have I Ever, they have really, really strong female characters. Like in Hollywood, the character of Avis Amberg, who's played by Patti Lapone, was sensational. The, the fact that she basically started off as a woman who was having affairs on the side with gigolos just to spice up her life, and then was able to run this studio. And then she, there was a moment where her husband turned, like, came back up to run the studio, and she was just like in the elevator, and she said, my husband has sent me home to cook and she was just so furious. Like she just had so much energy, so much vibrancy. And she was a powerhouse by the end of it. Like Patty Lapone, I don't know why I'm acting like I'm shocked. Patty Lapone has been working for generations <laughs> since before I was born. So it's not really a shock that she was excellent. <laughs> yeah. And coming back to the uh, LGBT side of it, like I always do, I learned that fathers, like parents in latest Netflix series, when the sons and daughters come out of the closet, they take it well very soon. And I don't know if that applies to real life. And I would like to see, I would like to know with what ages are the viewers of this kind of series of Netflix? Like, are parents watching this kind of series? I think it's probably most likely the young people. Though in Never Have I Ever... When one of the girls did come out as gay to her mum, her mum did have to take a moment. The well, if it was a small moment, but that even in itself isn't as seen as much. The fact that she, like, the daughter obviously thought that her mum was freaking out and she just had to say, give me a moment, like, give me a second to process this information that you've given me. Because I learned a lot through the, like, watching this series, but I would like to know if parents do actually learn from from watching this. I don't, the unfortunate thing is that I don't know if enough parents would watch something like this. I think maybe more teenagers, um, Mm. people like our age would, would watch something like this and take something away from it. I think that's why I was saying that. I think it's, it's like a utopia world where the mom is like, oh, let me come to terms with this and immediately accepts, you know, Fabiola for who she is as rightly so, but it's just, Obviously, in real life, it, that doesn't always translate, but it's nice to see it being celebrated on screen, on TV. So hopefully it does, it does make other people who may be in that situation feel less anxious about their sexuality or whatever else. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I was nervous for her. 
or even watching it as an outsider i was nervous for her like to see her process having to first of all come out to her robot who can't respond to her and then come out to some something else and then come out to some somebody else and then go bigger and bigger and bigger that way yeah i mean i think that creates like makes our bubbles bigger because we can like younger people that are obviously the people that watch this this series the most mm. We live in a in a bubble of acceptance yeah. that that older generations won't have, mm. and yeah, it, it's just the same story again. I think it's good though for us because we're the next generation, not our mm. parents anymore. Yeah, we are the next generation. Definitely. Like this is necessary. Yeah, this, this is, is necessary, so necessary. It, it, it's it, it's not really for them anymore because unfortunately, a lot of them have already formed their ideas. It will be down to us to educate them. Um, through our actions, through our words, through yeah, because it's only we're we're the generation that's going to be having kids in the next ten years. So yeah, so it, I think it makes sense that shows like this are targeted to us and also to normalize not being okay with it immediately like it's okay for you to sit down and say, okay, what are you telling me here? Like because it is new, it's not something that we're used to, it's not something that we know all the time. Um, Obviously, for us, it's going to be different because it's something that we've grown up with. So if, for example, I, my child comes to me and they tell me they're gay, it won't be so much of so much as a shock to me because I've been around that since I've been a like a teenager myself. So it's not so mm -hmm. new. Yeah, but I think it was nice to see both, but like see Fabiola struggle so much to actually come to terms with telling her mom and then actually tell her mom and then see her mom accept her. And see the way her mum accepts her as well. It wasn't like, oh my god, yes! Like it wasn't, it wasn't fake. It wasn't staged. It was real. It felt real. I don't know. Did it feel real to you guys? It was very much a sense of like, you're my child, and I love you because you're my child. It's, yeah, it, it felt like there's nothing that you could say to me that I can't wrap my head around. You're my child, and I love you. Yeah. It wasn't based around oh, you're I love you because you're gay. It was more like I love you because you're my child. What you do what you decide to do with your personal life then that's that but you're, you're not the worst person ever you're, you haven't killed anyone <laughs> you're not a murderer and even it's weird i say murderer because even some murderers their parents still don't hate them as a person they're more just like i can't believe my child became this person and i'm talking like very extremes yeah. now but yeah i think it's just the sense that obviously in this case fabiola's mom had this idea of who she wanted her daughter to be and she was like, yeah. take her daughter to get her nails done. And she would be like, oh, you know, my daughter isn't as girly as the other girls or, or, as, or as girly as I would have liked. And obviously her mom had this image of her. Her mom was so excited to hear that she had a boyfriend. So then obviously to hear that her daughter was gay, it was just, it was just a shift. I think it just takes a shift in terms of letting go of what you expected of what your child would be um, and, and accept yeah. them for who they actually are. Yeah. Yeah, all about stereotypes. Like stereotypes are still there, and and everything that goes with them too. Yeah, I think this one of the questions that, like, when people ask me about like transgender and stuff, like, why, how is it that people who are born boys or men, like, then decide that they want to be a woman? I think it's really just down to society and how everything is in a box. It's like if you're a Absolutely. man, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Like, you can't do you can't go to get your nails done if you're a man. You can't wear a dress if you're a man. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like there's so many different restrictions that people then feel like they have to, you know, move out. Obviously there's a lot more, it's a lot more complicated than that, but like at the surface level, that's the way I see it. And it's like, labels. like there's, there's so many labels to everything that we do that you feel like, okay, I have to identify with this group for me to be accepted in the way that I want to be as myself. And even like, what you were saying, Leah, her mum had an expectation of the kind of daughter that she wanted and she just pursued that narrative, um, not in a negative way. We all do it. Like even me, when I think about my daughter, I think about sitting down, having chats with her. But that's so wrong because it then skews the way you parent them. Because mm. you know, yes. you're not parenting them as just individuals who God have you know, blessed you with your parents and them to be individuals that you want them to be. You want to control their narrative and how they live their lives and stuff like that. Whereas, and then you feel disappointed and you feel hurt when they don't completely align with those values and those ideas that you think they should have when really and truly you're just a vehicle to guide them in this world, not 
to form who they actually are as people. Exactly. Yes, and it never it is not going to get any better to just try to force people at any age to be someone that they are not. Yeah. So just let people be free. I think that is key into understanding this deeper. Yeah, that's the message. <sighs> what else have you guys been watching? JC, I know you 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 fell into the trap. You got Disney Plus. Yeah, you got Disney Plus. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. What have you I been was, enjoying on I that? I already got the account. Yeah, I got the account the very first day it was literally released. before the first day before the release day i already had the account and yes i have orgasms every time i open disney plus <laughs> i mean that's a lot more than most people can say for themselves right now i mean i've never had one so i'm just i'm sad i am so i'm thinking plus like so much i love netflix like obviously netflix is is the the greatest but disney is like part of i don't know is it nostalgia parts of your childhood it's it's childhood and also i don't know like i've seen i love star wars personally and i can also feel the same things that we were talking about of like how different is for example star wars than marvel in terms of lgbt Mm. like marvel is zero lgbt yeah. like very really bad but star, star wars have started already to show some lgbt characters like really kiss spontaneously like nothing deep <laughs> but that i think star wars marvel like big brands like them are the ones that need to show m more like not stereotype stereotypical white people mm, heteropatriarchy you know mm. because those that also teaches older people as well like m my father can watch a marvel movie but i won't be watching those netflix series but he could watch one of the marvel movies for for example or star wars or i don't know any other film and yeah, and those movies, I think, is where these steps are needed the most for younger people in the closet, and not for not only for them, because also like we've seen just la last year was it no two years ago for the first time Marvel had a black movie for like to say that with Black Panther. Yes, Black Panther like was as well known for more diversity than the rest of them yeah with people of color so um, i don't know no i get what you mean marvel has a really long way to go and the fact that they are i think in the works with their first chinese american superhero there's obviously the latinos who are waiting for their superhero as in in terms of everything really really has been focused on straight white men Black Widow is waiting for hers and she'll be the first, not the first, the second woman to get her. So they're very rigid with it. And I think it's also because when you're talking about Star Wars and Marvel, those are very male centered. Yes. Like sectors of the of the mainstream media. And I think it's just because it takes a bit longer to shift their perspective. I feel like you have to drip feed the gay to them. You have to drip feed it. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's a long way to go still for, for some brands. But yeah. I really enjoy as well in Disney Plus, like watching old series like Cody. The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah, Zack and Cody. Oh, London Tipton. Honestly, she is a legend. I loved her character so much growing up. On the first day of my driving lesson, when I got into the car and the instructor asked me, okay, so what is, like, he was asking me to name the bits inside the car. And he got to the gift and he said, what is this? And I said, the Prindle. And he was like, the what? And I was like, it's yeah. the Prindle. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I know it's the gear shift. But I'm just like, you don't get the joke because you're an old man. And I was like, you know, people are like, you didn't watch the Disney Channel and it shows. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. The, the, yeah. the first thing I watched in Disney Plus, like the very, very first thing, because it, for I am a very undecisive person. So I didn't know what to watch first. And the mm. first thing I chose was Raven. 
Oh, oh. yeah. Is it, were you watching the old ones or Raven at Home now with the kids? No, 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 no the old one. The old one. Okay. Like, I was a fan of her and... Yeah, I, I, I spent like three hours the first time I started watching it because I just can't stop watching it. It's just mm. going back. It's like a massive deja vu. It's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. Raven. <laughs> I think that's what makes Disney Disney. Like Disney have repurposed their brand into something that is a feeling it's not like an iPhone where you're part of a group. Like when you talk about Disney, it, it's something that makes you feel a certain type of way. Like JC, you literally say you turn it off and you felt an orgasm. Like that's insane for a brand. It's because they sell to, magic. Magic is their brand. Like they sell magic. Yeah. They sell wonder. That's their MO is that they sell wonder. Like when you walk into Disneyland, they want you to feel a sense of wonder when you watch the shows, when you buy the pajama set, when you eat in the cafe. They're in the business of making memories, the business of wonder, the business of joy. Yeah. yeah. The stories and the music. Yeah. Like B- Disney is the stories and the music. Yeah. So it's like, even that's so Raven. I'm sure if I watch it now, I'll get all the feels yeah. and it, it's just nice to go back to a time in your life when you were innocent, where things just life wasn't this complicated things were just easy breezy like you just come home watch raven and then you slept i thought that you were having a vision as well like bruv <laughs> i used to sit in my chair close my eyes thinking i could see into the future i was not seeing nothing Literally. but darkness so like but it was <laughs> it was really it make was my really life nice. great again <laughs> make my life great again <laughs> <laughs> forget america that one is a lost cause make our lives great again please Disney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah well speaking of um going back to old shows one show that i've been watching that i definitely recommend to you guys is the big c oh oh my god i'm watching the big c i just felt like i needed something else to watch i finished watching as much of elementary as i could on amazon prime i watched upload on amazon prime which is also really cool um do you know what i need to actually start going through these properly okay so the big c is this show about this woman who is diagnosed with terminal cancer she's 42 and then she turns 43 a couple of episodes in and she's so scared to tell her family and it's basically just following her life it's a comedy believe it or not a very very dark comedy and i just thought it was so cool it's four seasons and i thought you know what let me just get into it and catch up from where i left off and it's so cool what what was your experience of it with um so i i started watching big c i think like four weeks ago like a few weeks ago because yeah i got bored of like all the stuff on on my own thing as well and i've i i watched it on tv when it was i think it was on sky like years ago when it was Mm. still on tv i think it was on sky but i never really got into it because i was like why are they doing a show about a woman who has cancer like that's so grim but yeah you're right it's a dark comedy and honestly like we've seen that we know cancer to be this horrible debilitating disease but to see it in a comedic form was actually so 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 interesting i really loved the characters i think the main character when she finally i hope this isn't a spoiler it's a very old show um, when she finally tells her family um that she has cancer to see how much support that she has and how much like i think it's a brilliant show to highlight how quickly we go from accepting that we're going to die to wanting to live. Mm. Like she was pretty much set in, set in stone. Like I'm going to die. It's fine. I'm going to put everything in place. I'm going to make sure my kid has all the presents until he's 50 years old. So he never has to lack. So he never has to miss me. I'm going to put everything in place. I'm going to be all sentimental about every single moment and say to my son to go in, to go from accepting death like i'm gonna die to something happening in your life like your brother is now except you know expecting a baby and you're like damn i want to be an aunt there is more for me to look forward to other than the life that i've already lived and to like actually want to fight and live and do different things and let herself go because obviously she was like she was she was depicted as this very boring character to now like shift her life and want to change yeah no i really enjoyed it it's such a funny show it, it, cancer is not it's the main storyline but it's not the focus of the story the focus of the story is this woman and how she navigates cancer mm. 
it's the structure in the background yeah yeah but it's really really good and laura linney is exceptional in it i had i think i googled and i saw that she won an award and i'm like as she deserves she was sensational but yeah great i just it's the fact that one of these quotes that is obviously wrong because fat phobia is wrong but it's one of those quotes that she said that stuck into my head and I, I forgot where I found the quote from. And it's when it's in the first um, couple episodes and Gabourey Sidibe's character comes up to her and is being really, really snarky because Kathy is a teacher. And Kathy says to her, um, you know, you can either be fat and jolly or a skinny bitch. Mm-hmm. You have to stick a lane. You have to pick a lane. <laughs> she says the fat repels people, but the jolly brings them in. Pick a lane. And I'm, I, that has always sat in the back of my head. Obviously, looking back on it, you're like, mm, that is very questionable. But <laughs> no, I, re- I remember hearing that and laughing so much. But it's kind of true. It's annoying. <laughs> but it's it's not true. You don't have to be fat and jolly. But it's like the way she delivers the line was just so funny and it was like oh you're right skinny people are bitches <laughs> it's just it's yeah get away with it because they're skinny and also this was i i think this was one of gabourey sidibe's roles beyond precious where you actually got to see her shine in it and as andrea and yes there was like you know i'm still at the very beginning like in season one so there was obviously a quest to see her lose weight but again like the cancer that was just the structure in the background what was really really interesting was her relationship to laura and how she was explored like i've gotten to the bit where um she's going for a run because obviously kathy has said that she'll pay her a hundred dollars for every pound that she loses and adam son like is obviously watching her titties bounce and she's like you want to see my titties and she puts his hand (laughs) on her titties and she's like and then she just slaps his hand away like you scum of the earth and she just carries on jogging (laughs) i was just like when do you see like fat women being sassy being like yeah and what that was, I think, mm. like one of the first instances of that, of just seeing Gabourey Sidibe shine and be like, yeah, and what? Yeah, like I think our introduction to her character was her weight because that's how her, her and Kathy became close. But you'll see in the next couple of like episodes and stuff, like that completely dissipates. Like there's nothing too much about her weight anymore. And it's just about her as, you know, who she is. Like, bruv when they when they revealed like her her background and stuff i was like damn like sis is sis is popping but they don't they don't lead with that which is which is true because we we take people at face value we don't think about their backgrounds or what make them who they are and stuff like that so yeah it's really interesting when like they deep dive into her character and then bring her and Kathy together and all of that jazz. But no, it's a, it's a funny show. It's a light heart. It's not lighthearted because obviously cancer, but it's a light hearted show about a woman with cancer. So if, if that's something you're interested in, then you should go for yeah. it. Yep. After this, I want you, or, or maybe now, if you know them already, I want you to send me the, uh, your top 10 series and your top 10 movies in like a whole time okay i'm gonna need time to think <laughs> i'm gonna need a <laughs> lot of time to think it's so complicated it is because i have to look back on all the shows that i've watched in the past and how they they held up um but another show that i was watching on amazon prime is upload so you know that episode of black mirror where they had the afterlife where you could be uploaded into the cloud yes they've basically taken that concept and they've turned it into a drama a series yeah mm. and i enjoyed it i'm not sure how the reviews are going because it's very very new i think it came out on like the first of may or something but i recommend just just to see how they explore the concept of like it's very very much like capitalist as in like depending on how much you can afford that's how much bandwidth you get in the afterlife so you can either get into a plush place with lots and lots of graphics or if you're poor you get into a place that's just one single room with all one color and and just stuff like that and how i think it's very interesting just to see how it works like see how they've expanded on that San Junipero world from mm, Black yes. Mirror. I, th- I don't think they're associated with it, but I'm like, you can very much tell that it was inspired by Black Mirror. Mm. But that's just another show for people to try. So way before I got stranded in Spain, <laughs> Leah and I were planning to film an episode on Love, Love is Blind. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but Netflix, you know, be Netflix, were able to revitalize our appetite for love since that's all we love to talk about. 
And they gave us a show called Too Hot to Handle. Have you guys seen it? <laughs> I have seen it. I have seen it. And do you know what? For what it is, it is quite good. And the fact that they've been respectful and they've only made it eight episodes long is very good. You know, they've just, they, they know the quality of it and they know that they shouldn't take up too much of your time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The concept of it, I think the concept of it is rubbish. <laughs> like, it just, it's <laughs> like, oh, okay, people are not going to have sex. Okay. Like, for me, it's rubbish because I'm not active anyway. But I guess for people who are horn dogs, as, if, as they like to call themselves, it might have actually been a very difficult no, no. I experience. Think are, the people they picked are a very special set of people because one thing I've seen on Twitter over and over again is, 400k people can abstain people can abstain for that's what i'm saying where they effed up is when they split the money with everyone equally at the end i thought that was a piss take that means that even the new guy bryce got money i'm like bryce doesn't deserve money yeah what, what content yeah. did bryce give us bryce bryce should not have gotten it that's what i mean like it was just so dumb it was so dumb but for what it was it was nice to just see good looking people act stupid i mean we're used to seeing it anyway and you know what i actually quite appreciated how much they wanted them to grow like i think there was one episode i don't know if you i don't think jc watched it all the way through he was just like bye bitch there was one episode (laughs) where they wanted the guys to be more vulnerable Mm. and they like had to put mud all over themselves and do all of that and i just the commentary of the guys be like this is not what i signed up for why are you making me do this who is this man was just like so funny to me but then the result of it was they were actually it seemed as if they were actually opening up and yeah like it seemed like something was getting through to them they were actually being more intentional about their actions and the things that they did i mean of course when they were left in the room alone with a girl that they fancied when they're both horny for each other something did go down but like in the grand scheme of things people seem to have grown in some capacity i don't know did you get the same impression i feel like maybe maybe some people grew maybe some people did but two people that did not grow and that did not take the process seriously were Francesca and Harry. And do you know what we did as a society? We rewarded their bad behavior. And now I've heard that Francesca has like 2.2 million followers on Instagram. So I'm just like, guys, can we make a pact to no longer reward bad behavior? Because just because she's got curves, just because she's got boobs, just because she's got a nice, beautiful face, does not mean that we can like i'm like guys come on she just did not take the game seriously at all her and harry were just busy kicking kicking sneaking kisses and then mm. harry just was like oh yeah she was giving me blowjobs <laughs> you know yeah 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 they just never took it seriously even like the beginning when francesca and that other that other girl she came off so bad i don't even remember her name she was Haley. Haley. she was just so bad negative vibes. like bad like bad vibes i didn't even want her on the screen she was bad <laughs> it's the fact that when Haley left um she said yeah i don't i'm not gonna miss any of you but francesca and harry said i wouldn't expect it any other way he said i accept that your bad vibes be gone be gone go away she was such bad vibes oh my goodness but yeah that was just like a stupid show i i enjoyed it because i didn't i enjoyed it because it was sun they were on the beach the people were good looking so it was it was nice to look at but in terms of the concept of it wasn't great but the feeling it gave me was great It was what we needed. We were a couple weeks into quarantine. We were a couple weeks into everyone being from home. People were slightly delirious. They needed to see abs. They needed to see bikinis. They needed to see the beach. And they couldn't go to the beach because the government said they couldn't go. So, next best thing, too hot to handle. Too hot to handle. Yeah. Yes. I think, yeah, Netflix did it well with too good to handle because they attracted people like like you, Viv, and... (laughs) Yeah, and you. Yeah, you I just, watched the I last episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I just watched the first episode and the last one just to see what happened at the end, but nothing interesting for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I prefer to watch Raven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, would, I would too. Looking back, I'm just like I would not have given those eight hours yeah. of my life again. 
Do we want to talk about Tiger King or no? I've not, I've not watched oh it. I've God. just seen the memes, but I've heard that it's just mad. And that Beyonce apparently was the secret celebrity that had visited his zoo or whatever. Ooh. Why am I surprised? Oh. <laughs> like, of course, Beyonce strokes tigers. She feeds, um, what is it? Blue zebra chicken nuggets. Zebra organic zebra nuggets. Chicken. Come on. That's what they say on the read. Bro, come on. <laughs> Those zebras are eating corn for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Don't mess with Beyonce now. Come on. <laughs> Leah, have you watched Money Heist? I keep meaning to watch it. It's on my list of things to watch. Like, I want to watch Money Heist. Oh, I want to watch Tentified. <laughs> I want to finally watch Ozark because Laura Linney from The Big C is an Ozark. I've, I've oh. heard good things about Ozark, but I haven't dived into it just yet. I'm yeah, not interested in a show that. where I have to really, really concentrate. I just don't have the headspace for no. it because I'm like, I have to just read this up. Maybe it's what I need is to dive into a show where I have to put my phone away and I have to really, really pay attention. But we can always discuss that next month if and, if and when I watch it, you know? Yeah. A show that I would recommend to you, Lee, I don't know if I already have, is Atypical. Right. Oh, yes. You've seen it, JC. I think I told you, JC, about it already. And sex education. And sex education. But I think Leah's seen sex education. I've seen sex education. Um, is Atypical the one with the the gay guy yes. with cerebral palsy? Is the the one with the autistic guy. Okay, cool. There's another show on Netflix with a gay character with cerebral palsy that I also wanted to watch, and I've just forgotten the name of that show. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are so many shows, and these days, what I'm looking for to see in a show that I'm starting to watch is like, am I learning something from it? Like that is literally the reason why I didn't watch Too Hot to Handle because I, I don't know, yeah. I expect something deeper. I want to learn something from from it, or yeah, I don't know, or the. The music, for example, like I, I gave you the example of the movie Cuts, like the, the movie is mm. just, it's just very bad, but I love the music and the music is very important to me. So if a series or a movie does not have either really good music or, or a deeper meaning or maybe something that I can learn from it... I, I don't think I'm interested in watching it. Like, one of my favorites is Pose, just because of that. Like, Pose was Yeah, I completely great. understand. Pose was great. Honestly, I think what, it's in my top ten, for sure. But Special is the show that I was talking about, about the, um, the gay guy with cerebral palsy. Have you seen Special? Yes, I started watching it. But I don't know if I finished it. I don't remember. But, but yeah, I think uh, you should watch Atypical if you enjoyed Special. Oh, and that's the thing I've not watched either. They're definitely oh, on okay. my list of things to do. Yeah. I have a long list of shows that I want to watch, but I just don't know where to prioritise. <laughs> that's why. Same. Like... Yeah. Viv always recommends me things, like, as our priority levels, and I missed Line of Duty, because I don't have a BBC iPlayer right now and I missed it on Netflix. I tried starting watching it like a few weeks ago and it was already out of Netflix. Oh, okay. And that was really bad because I've been recommended it by Viv many times. And Why don't you watch it on BBC iPlayer? You can, you can make an account for free. Yes, I'm, I'm probably going to do it. I'm probably going to do I mean, at the moment, I'm very busy, but it's definitely mm. in my priority list. Leah, did you watch Line of Duty? I did not. I, no, that's the thing. I started watching, I think, the first two episodes, and then I took a break. That's, again, again, it's just, I think for a while now, I have not been in the mood for, like, a heavy drama. Mm. And it is, it is very heavy. It is, you very, very much have to pay you attention. You have to pay attention, yeah there's so much that's said in the subtext there's so much that's just in the looks and in the glances that people give rather than they don't they don't put everything that goes on in the show and just what they say it's not just a dialogue no you have to watch their actions as well yeah anyway do you usually follow the top 10 most 
viewed series or movies of Netflix. Like, you know that there is a top 10 now on Netflix? Every day is different. Yeah. I look at it, but most of the time I've watched most of the shows on there. (laughs) (laughs) I tend to have watched a couple of them, but not everything. I usually watch them. Not everything. I watch them. And today, number one is Riverdale. But I also don't want to watch everything. I just feel like there's certain shows, like JC was saying, how if certain if a show doesn't teach him a message or it doesn't have great music, then he isn't interested. And I think Tiger King is one of those shows for me where yes, I'm not absolutely. actually interested in yes, it. Definitely. I can watch, I can look at the memes, I can see the dance, and people have remixed the Savage Dance, but I have no real interest in fun. Like the same with um, is it the thing about killing cats? Oh my god! Don't kill cats. That was crazy. That was crazy. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it and I couldn't sleep. Oh my god, that is the worst recommendation I've ever had. Like, I mean, it's it's a very like it's a very deep uh, thing to watch. But oh my god, I literally after watching that, I was alone. Okay, I was alone. I was I was alone at night and I went to the shower and I I was scared that someone was going to like break on my shower and kill me. <laughs> no, no, that was so Leah, scary. I didn't recommend that it. But I'd watched it. I'd watched it, and for that reason, I didn't recommend it to anyone because it was scary af right so imagine my shock when jc texts me and he's like oh viv i'm watching don't effing kill the cats and i was like oh okay don't fuck with cats and he's like viv i can't sleep is it don't yes. fuck with cats or something yeah he's like viv yeah. i can't sleep i was like yeah i couldn't sleep for three days it is sc- like it starts off like a hunt like just a manhunt and then it just turns into something very very sinister so, so crazy yeah my brother actually told me to watch it but he's into shows like that i think he watched a stranger and stuff like that as well but yeah no i don't recommend don't don't f with cats because it's just it starts off as something but it ends up as something very different and i think it's the same with what's the name of this show tiger king as well Tiger King does the same. Tiger King is also very much a show that starts off about people who own big cats and then goes into something about murders, someone going to prison, someone potentially killing their husbands and eating them and feeding them to the tigers. It's just a show about random stuff. Like the documentary process was very, very bizarre. Yes. So, yeah. But it turns into something very, very sinister. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just really crazy to see that it's a true story like it's really really crazy just because it's a true story and again like i was super scared that night if if someone is interested in watching it i would just recommend to not be alone first of all (laughs) and don't watch it at night (laughs) okay good usually what i do when i watch things like that i just watch something funny or happy like disney or raven again Mm. something like that just to compensate the trauma (laughs) well we've had some really really interesting discussions about lots and lots of tv shows and we have plenty of recommendations for you guys i can't actually wait to see the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about next month like the different shows that we're going to bring up just because obviously so much can change in a month in netflix world don't you think that this coronavirus crisis is going to affect uh, the new releases because at some point they will have a lack of shows to 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 bring to the platform no i think that they have enough shows for probably until september <laughs> because it just no but when you think about it remember love is blind was filmed in 2018 yeah and it's only just making it made it to air like so i feel like they film a lot of shows quite a while in advance Yes. It just may be like the, the second series or something or the third series of them, something that's delayed. So maybe, um, you know how in America loads and loads of TV series start, like the kickoff in September? I feel like that yeah. might be delayed until like, I don't know, November, December, January time. But Viv, hello? We're just wrapping it up and talking about how much fun we had recording this. Yeah, oh JC, it's been so lovely having you on. JC was so nervous. <laughs> he thought he was going to be, you know, 
not speaking, but this has been really, really lovely. Please come back and have a chat with me and Leah to give you your two pence. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I will give my gay Spanish point of views. <laughs> we love it. We're here for it. We love your gay Spanish points of view. So, yeah, let us know your two pence, any shows that you guys are watching. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter at R2Pence. That's O-U-R, the number two, P-E-N-C-E. That's O-U-R, the number two, P-E-N-C-E on both Instagram and Twitter. We hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode. Thank you lots, guys. I have been Vivian. And I've been Leah. And I've been Jay-Z. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.